Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Your phone is more powerful than the computers that landed man on the moon. My watch actually has more computing power than the computers that landed man on the moon. We are living in crazy times. There are kids in primary school who understand more about science than scientists did in the Middle Ages. You can get in your car and drive from one country town to another country town and because you've crossed a border and the wonder of time zones, you can arrive before you've left. Crazy, right? And I could keep going on with crazy facts. Anyone that's been in this church before knows I would love to and I have a plethora of them, right? But the point is this, we live in wild and wacky times. I'm not complaining about the season that we're in, but here's what I do think is interesting. The result, the flow on effect of all of that is we all have so much to do. We all feel like we're missing out on so much stuff. And so we overload our lives and we overload our schedules in a desperate attempt to kind of contain and control control it all. But the problem is it just doesn't actually work like that because what ends up happening is our hearts get cluttered with stuff and we can feel overwhelmed here on the inside. It's like if you go to one of those cheap discount stores, $2 shop, reject shop, who's ever been to one of those? Come on, let's be honest here. This is what happens. You go in for one thing, right? I need sponges for cleaning. Perfectly fine. Who wants to spend all of that money at expensive grocery stores? Not all of us want to go to Aldi, right? So you go to a cheap shop and you go to get out sponges. But you don't come out with sponges, do you? You come out with 15 different things, including sponges, right? But you don't buy a two-pack. You've got 38 sponges just in case you never know. And the flip side is, in like a year's time, you're doing a bit of a clean out and you're finding all this random stuff and you don't actually need a lot of the stuff that you've purchased. And it's like our homes can just get cluttered. And the same thing that happens with our homes can actually happen with our hearts. We pick up a whole bunch of different things and then when tragedy strikes, there is just no room for anything more and so we can get overwhelmed. And so God speaks through David here and says, stop, take a deep breath and don't just declutter your home, focus on decluttering your heart as well. Which brings me to my next point. Everyone say number two. You can't focus when your heart is cluttered. You can't focus when your heart is cluttered. It's like I've been talking to people this week and different people have different coping mechanisms when they feel overwhelmed. Some people are bakers. Give us a wave if you like to cook. When you feel overwhelmed, there's a few people. Take down my number. Give me a call if you're ever feeling overwhelmed. Feel free to drop off your goods if you need tasty. Love to taste it. Um, But... You know when you're overwhelmed and it's already been a busy week and you've cooked a couple times and the dishes have piled up? It's like you want to relax, but there's a pile of dishes. Or maybe maybe you're somebody that you're like me, you want to be able to kick back and relax in front of a big TV, but you can't find the remote and no one's seen it for two days. (laughs) Becomes this entire exercise, there's pillows everywhere, there's blankets all over the spot, people are shouting at each other trying to find the remote. You want to relax, but you can't because your home is all over the place. Or maybe you just want to have a shower and get changed into a fresh change of clothes, but the only thing clean because you haven't done any washing because you've been helping other people is that pink tuxedo from 1987, let's be honest, doesn't fit you anymore and should not be worn in public. Shouldn't even be worn in the comfort of your own home, right? And so it's like we want to relax. We have this mission. We want to do all this stuff, but we can't because there is just so many things vying for our attention. You can't focus when your heart is cluttered. 
this um, revelation came home to me two years ago at the start of the pandemic when a little craze from Japan swept the world. Now, you may know this craze, you may not. I'll explain it if you don't. But it was all thanks to one woman who loved cleaning and a whole lot of time. Um, her name was Marie Kondo. And she is, and forgive my pronunciation if it's wrong, Josh. She was a KonMari, which means she's an organising consultant. And she had a smash hit TV show called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Give us a wave if you've seen it. Come on. Oh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of hands. Give us a wave if you're married to somebody that has seen it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So <laughs> people all over the world began binge-watching this show. We had nothing else to do. We're in lockdown, right? And then decided to clean up their lives like Marie Kondo said to clean up their lives. Now, Marie Kondo's not a Christian and so I'm not vouching for any of her methods, like just chill out. Um, but uh, her thing was different to everybody else's things, right? Now, what she would do is that she would go into a room and rather than just start throwing stuff out randomly, she would say to the person on the show, what sparks your joy? And that person would say, oh, that lamp sparks my joy. And then she'd go, great, the lamp's gonna be the centrepiece of this room and we're gonna get rid of everything that, you know, kind of... Um, clutters up the view of the lamp and she'd go through and she'd do all this stuff. Which I've got to tell you, just being honest, because it's been a big week, filters off, resulted in some funny conversations in the Kennedy household, right? Because Krista had been watching this show and she felt very inspired, right? One of the things Krista does when she's stressed is she cleans. It's amazing. It's one of the reasons I married her. Because um, I cause stress and I like a clean house. So... Um, <laughs> Little did I realise after marrying her, that meant that I was also doing a lot of cleaning every time she was stressed. All the husbands, don't put your hand up, it's not safe. Anyway, so she'd been watching all these episodes with Marie Kondo and she was inspired. So she'd, she'd call me over and go, Phil, 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 come over here, come over here, come over here. So we'd walk in and I'd be like, okay, what is it? And she's got this big, exciting look on her face. I thought maybe she'd found money or something. You know, and she, she was like, She'd pull open the sock drawer. She'd go, we're going to organise your life. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm like, really? And she goes, yes. So she'd, she'd point to the sock drawer and I'd have a look at it. And she'd go, what sparks your joy? <laughs> and I'd go, all of it. Phil, don't be silly. I'm, but this is serious now. We're organising things. What sparks your joy? I'm like, all of it. <laughs> So she'd pull out a pair of socks, which had holes in it, looked like they'd been through at least three wars and two floods, right? And she'd say, do these socks honestly spark your joy? I'm like, oh yeah, they're super comfy and I've had a lot of great times in them. So they've got memories. <sighs> so she put it down, she shut the door. She goes, let's look at your shirts. So she'd go into the wardrobe, she'd fling the thing open and there are all my shirts. What sparks your joy? And I'd say, all of them. So she'd pull a shirt out, right? That she'd be like, babe, you haven't worn this for 15 years. It doesn't even fit you anymore. The fashion is bad. Does this really honestly spark your joy? And I'm like, yeah, it does. She goes, why? And I said, simple. I said, if we get rid of that shirt, that's basically me admitting I'm never going to lose this weight, which is a very depressing thought and really doesn't spark my joy. So I'd rather just leave it in the cupboard. Now, i got to tell you, my wife's amazing. She's, she's incredible. All of her stuff looked phenomenal after this Marie Kondo craze. All of our joint stuff looked phenomenal. My stuff, 
she did the best she could, right? You know, and as funny as that is, and we've all had a laugh and kind of, come on, blokes, you know what I'm talking about here, right? Not wanting to throw anything out. Well, I get what that's like, but the challenge is what I did with my shirts, people can often do with their lives. I'll take that relationship, I'll take that hobby, I'll take that habit, I'll watch that thing, and our lives get so cluttered and we have a whole lot of things that, to be honest, we don't actually really need in our life. We've moved on from that relationship, but we're still hanging on to it. We really don't need that habit anymore, but we still hold on to it like a crux. And our life just gets filled with so much stuff. And it's like, this is a moment where God is saying, stop, take a deep breath. Yeah, but I need that, I need that, I need that, I need that. The same can even happen in churches, not this church, this church is perfect, but other churches, less godly than us, you know, um, you know, you go to them and they're like, well, we need to do this and we need to do this and we've got to do that. We've got to respond with this. We've got to say that. We've got to say this. We've got to say that. We've got to say this. And pretty soon you have a church with 87 different departments, 400 logos and about a thousand headaches. But the truth is, just like not every shirt fits me, not every idea fits Shiloh. We have to find the ideas that come from God and fit them into our church and fit them into our lives. If you believe that, say amen. It's like when you go to a party and then you get invited to another party and then you get invited to another party and pretty soon you've got four parties in one night. You can physically attend all four, that's possible, but are you actually really present? Did you actually really enjoy it? Did you actually really engage? And this season that we are in right now as a community for our lives, for our businesses and for our church, We don't wanna be the church that's in four different places but didn't actually engage with people, didn't actually love people, didn't actually make a difference with people. This is our opportunity to get out of our comfort zone and really lock in and focus on the things that fit us and fit our community. If you believe it, say amen. What's God calling you to focus on this year? What's God calling you to zero in on? See, Watching Krista on this Marie Kondo craze go through the house was a very fascinating experience to a slob like me. So one of the things I found surprising was some stuff she didn't throw out, she actually bought more of them. Other stuff she said, we're going to keep what we've got, we just need to organise it better and bought things to organise it. Other stuff she did get rid of. And I was beginning to think about why this was and I realised it's because Krista had a vision for where we were going. See, at the time that the Marie Kondo craze had happened, we just accepted the role to move up here to Shiloh. And so Krista was saying things like, Phil, you do not need four snow jackets in Queensland. You just don't. But you own only one pair of shorts. (laughs) You're going to have to buy more shorts and have less snow jackets. Who knows what I'm saying? So vision was actually directing Krista as she was organising our life. And we need vision from the Holy Spirit for our lives, for our business, for our church this year, so that what we have left not only fits us, but is suitable for the season that we are actually in. Because we want to be effective and powerful in ministering and, and, and pastoring our community through this tragedy. We want to be effective and powerful in our families. Who knows what I'm saying? We want to be effective and powerful in all the areas that we engage in our life. But to do that, we need vision from God. If you believe that, say Amen. So what is God calling you to do? Well, let's talk about what God's calling us first as a church. A lot of this stuff did not make sense till two weeks ago, but boy, it makes sense now. This is the stuff I wrote down. I'm literally saying in the board meeting, I don't, oh, I don't know, God will, you know, I'm saying to our staff, oh, well, you know, God will give us wisdom around that. It, you, I'm going to say it all now. You're going to be like, yep, 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 yep. Are you ready? No particular order. <clears throat> 
felt like God drive home to me, this is the year I want you to focus on your community. And I was like, why? Now I know why. So a few announcements. The first thing is, uh, I felt like God calling us to rebrand Shiloh Church Christian Care to just Shiloh Cares. Now, you might say, why is that? Well, for one, it's much easier to say. I challenge anyone to say Shiloh Church Christian Cares. Care. See, I, I can't even get it right once. Try to say it four times. It's a tongue twister. It's much easier to sh- say Shiloh Cares. But that's not the main reason. I actually want our community to know that Shiloh does care. We do. And in a world where the media and everybody else would just love to pick up the drum and beat the drum that the church doesn't care, this church cares. Why do you think we spent $2,300 on groceries for people in need in our community? Shiloh cares. Why do you think last year we did a whole a bunch of domestic violence workshops for people who turned up thinking that God is a sky fairy and it's humorous that Christians would even hold on to the stuff in this day and age, but we ministered to them anyway. Why? Shiloh cares. You know, last year we fed almost 5,000 people. We didn't charge $1 for it. We've got to be one of the only not-for-profits in this entire region that just gives food away, doesn't interrogate people, just hands it to them. And we don't want anything in return. We don't even take $1. We literally lose money every week doing it. Why? Shiloh cares. Why do you think we're out hosing down driveways? You've got people getting bottles of water for their neighbours. We're reaching out. Why? Shiloh cares. And it's not just the people who serve in that department that cares. It's everybody that cares in this church. There were people here that uh, were unable to serve because of work and whatever else, but you gave money and we drew some of that money out and we fed people. Why? Because you care. Shiloh cares. People that pray, people that get around, people in this church care. Shiloh cares. That's the first thing. Next thing I felt like the Lord say, you know how, Phil, you've been doing those I love my church days? I want you to do an I love my city day where you just pick a project in the city or pick a few projects and just go out, pop your little T-shirts on and just get your hands and feet stuck in on making a difference. People that you get nothing in return from, but you just love them. And I said to the Lord, <laughs> this is in January, right? God, what projects would there be like that out there? And the Lord said, you'll know. I said, no, God, I don't know. You need to tell me. He said, trust me, when it, when it comes to Vision Sunday, Phil, you'll know. When I drove around last Sunday, I knew. <laughs> so we are going to, you need to, if you're not on social media, jump on social media or look out for our email. I'll send one out. And let you know, we are going to be doing projects this year where we just take something on and like a little, you know, you've got the mud army, there'll be like the Shiloh army, we'll just roll out and we'll make a difference. Practically speaking, we'll get nothing in return from it, but I don't care. The reason we do that is because Shiloh cares, right? Come on, if you are excited about that, give the Lord a hand. Um, felt like the Lord said to me, I want you to put a couple things on the calendar for people to look forward to. They're going to need it at the start of the year. I said, why? What's wrong with this year? I just I assumed the pandemic. I'm like, we've been living in it for two years. The Lord said to me, no, no, no. You need to put a couple things on the calendar to really look forward to. So this year, I don't know how I'm going to do it. COVID requirements, all that, we're going to have to figure it out. We are bringing back carols outside. <laughs> Might have to look different because of whatever, but we'll figure it out, right? That's the first thing. Second thing is, we're bringing back Culture Fest. Um, 
But I want to tweak culture first. See, I love celebrating people's cultures. Anyone that's been in our church the last couple of years knows I love getting out there on the mission field and trying all the strange food. And somehow on every missions trip, despite my every effort, I have to end up on some kind of tribal dance, which poor Krista gets humiliated because it's always uploaded on Facebook. I don't understand how I can be in the middle of a mountain range with no reception and 24 hours later there's a video of me dancing on Facebook. But anyway, I love all of our cultures. I love our food. I love all the languages. I love all of that stuff. But there is a reason that in this building, like many other churches, two cultures can be at war with each other and yet those two people can sit next to each other. You can have a Ukrainian and a Russian sitting next to each other. You can have Tongans and Samoans sitting next to each other. And it's not celebrating culture, it's Jesus Christ. He is the binding agreement that glues us all together. So we will do culture fest, but I want to have an evangelistic edge. I want it to flow out of our morning service because I want people who are coming here to celebrate culture to realise the secret to a great culture is not just dance and food. It's definitely not me dancing. That's a secret to a bad culture. It is food though. I like that. But it's actually Jesus Christ. And that if they give their lives to Jesus, not only will they find the best parts of their culture, but they'll actually find something even greater than culture itself. And that's Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Um, Something really touched my heart last year when we were doing the Indigenous recordings. Just, I can't describe it. It was just a, God just flipped a switch in my heart. And so this year I want to do a NADOC service, right? A special service. A bit like Culture Fest. I want to celebrate Indigenous culture. But um, again, I want to do it as a service because the thing that connects those dots together is actually Jesus Christ. I've had some incredible conversations with different Indigenous groups about Jesus. And I think that would be a really beautiful thing in a community where 16% of our community's population is actually Indigenous, that we do something that reaches out and ministers in the year. Come on, if you think that's good, give the Lord a hand. Next thing I felt like the Lord speak to me is I felt like the Lord say connection is going to be really important this year. Why, God? The Lord said, you'll know. Trust me, connection is going to be really important. So you need to put some things in place that deliberately help people engage. So I'm going to have to get creative in how we do it because I want to make sure that we obey the laws of land, all that kind of stuff. We're going to figure out how to bring tea and coffee back after our service, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy about that. Some days I need coffee on site, right? So we're going to bring tea and coffee back. Whether we have to build a coffee cart so only one person can station or whatever, we're going to figure that out. The next thing is connect groups, right? We, whether they be Bible-based connect groups or whether interest great groups where you go shopping or have coffee or whatever, it's just about the fact that people are not doing life alone. They're in a group of people. Because I, I love this. This is powerful. This is biblical. The problem with this is there's more than three people here. So after a service, even when I talk to you, I would love to spend two hours having a conversation, but then you know what people are going to go? Some pastor he is, he didn't even talk to me. And they go and talk to you for an hour, and they're like, some pastor he is, he didn't talk to me. And it's the same thing for each other. We can be in and out and quick. But the reality is when we go through something like this, we actually need to know each other. We need to know what people are going through so we can reach out. Connect groups is the way that that happens. It doesn't matter whether you're shopping or um, at a cafe, or reading a Bible, or whatever, the reality is the power is in the fact that people are gathering, building community, and loving one another. So my heart is that every single person in this church finds a connect group, which there's not that many connect groups. would make those connect groups very big, which means connect groups are going to split off. People are going to feel the call of God to start leading connect groups. God is going to do something powerful in it because... 
you know, when we talk about, um, you know, helping homes and all that kind of stuff, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but there's so many homes that need help. We are only one church and I am only one person with not a lot of trade skill as we know from all the I love my church days. Big thanks to Steve who let me drill one thing in there and then took the drill straight off me. Um, all right, you've done it. You've got your photo. Quick, quick, you know, for the safety of the church, hand it back. But I'm just joking. I love you, Steve. But um, the thing is, imagine if Connect Group started saying, yeah, we can do that one house. Just our group will do it. Our group will do this. Our group will do that. Oh, I've been so proud of this church in the last week, not just because of all the stuff that had our logo on it, but all the people who just call our church home who were doing their bit. That's actually when the kingdom of God works at its best, right? It's not about logos and all the rest of that. It's about when people are engaged in doing their bit. Connect groups are a great way for that to happen, right? So connect groups are important. Um, we, we've had so many new people in our church. It's actually overwhelming in a good sense. And I haven't got a chance to get to know you all and you haven't had a chance to get to know me or the other team. So we want to put on three or four lunches. I don't know how we're going to do it, but where there's a will, there's a way. And how many know your pastor likes food? And I'll figure it out, right? We're going to do a few lunches every year, uh, throughout the year, for people that are new so that they can get to know one another and get to know us and they can get plugged into the church because I don't want anyone being invisible. You know, I made so many phone calls this week and there was a bunch of new people. We didn't have your details. And I was like worried because I'm like, I want to call you to see if you need anything and can I pray for you? But I'm like, I don't have your details. And I'm like, I don't have your details because we haven't hung out yet. So I want to be able to do that because um, we want new people to feel welcome. If you believe that, say amen. amen. want to be able to do a men's event in our church this year. Now, fellas, there's a little bit of work to do for the first few months. So don't be expecting anything right off the bat. But we will, we will make something happen this year. Here's my commitment to you though. Rather than me announcing, we're going to do 23 men's events and they're all pretty average because we're all so busy. They're not organised properly. They're not well planned out. And then people rock up going, mm. I'd rather commit to doing one and nail that. And it's just amazing. And then everyone's like, we should do more of those. And we go, yeah, we should. And we can actually plan more of those in future than with everything going on right now. Our community's in need and we're having a little barbecue talking about how great we are, ignoring the community, right? So for the first few months, our focus has to be on our community. And then after that, we're going to plan a men's event. I don't know what it's going to look like, whether it's a Friday night, whether it's a Saturday, whether it's whatever it is, but we're going to do something and it's going to be awesome, right? So fellas, I got you, all right? Um, and shifting gears into creativity and women's. Uh, Krista has had it on her heart and I'll let her talk about it more in future. I won't steal too much of a thunder to put on a women's worship night. And I think something powerful happens when women of God worship over their city, worship over their families, worship over our nation, worship over our world. There are some things that are only just broken in worship, right? And so um, Christo is going to be organising that. Same thing as the men's thing. Rather do one thing and do it well than 50 different things. And all of the girls are saying, this is pretty average. We're going to go all out. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be food. There always is when girls gather together. Um, you know, chocolate and all that stuff. And there'll be songs. And there'll, be, there'll be a whole bunch. Of, I'm not going to steal her thunder, but she'll announce more details later on. So Women's Worship Night. We recorded a music single last year called You Are My Peace. It's all about the manifested presence of peace, Jesus Christ. And it weirdly went viral in all these places where there wasn't peace. It went viral in the Middle East when the conflict was happening. It went viral in places where there was ethnic cleansing. It's really very odd. It's almost like God was in it, huh? So um, this year we're going to record something else. We're going to record another song. So if you write songs, consider yourself invited. Go crazy. Start writing. Start submitting. The first good song we get, 
and we will uh, go into our studio there, which we'll continue working on, and um, we will record that. That will be great. Um, we're going to continue all of the, the upgrades for our facilities around here. Haven't forgotten about that. The next generation. Give us a yell if you're young or young at heart. There was not a lot of young at heart, so I'm a bit disappointed. Come on, give us, make some noise if you're young or young at heart. This side of the room, clearly. One of the things I've loved seeing this week is actually young people helping out. I love it when there's like, you know, you had two guys wag school to give out food, which I have mixed feelings about. And I did say to them, it's really, you need to actually be in school, mate. Um, but one of them was like, too late, I'm already here. I'd much rather pull back the enthusiasm of someone's young than push them forward. I love the fact that our young people are engaged in making a difference in our community. We want to invest in the next generation, right? Come on, who believes we need to invest in the next generation? So this year, we're going to do a youth camp. I believe that something powerful happens when teenagers gather together for one reason, and that's Jesus. In a community that is fighting for their attention, in a world that's fighting for their attention, when they block that out for a couple of days and just focus on Jesus, I think powerful things happen. People find the call of God, that all kinds of crazy stuff happens. We're going to do a youth camp bigger and better than it's ever been done before because our world needs it. Our world needs a generation that's on fire for God and is ready to bring the kingdom of heaven on. Uh, down to earth. Who knows what I'm saying? We're going to do exo days, which is when we basically take youth, take church, and we bring it into, into public schools. That's going to be crazy. We're going to do that. Um, we're going to have more um, younger people engaged in various parts of our church. In the office, I want to launch a gap year program for people that have finished school or finished uni. They can do a year serving uh, the church. I want more next generation preachers. We're doing a Sunday coming up in a few weeks. And we've got somebody who's going to be preaching who's not even out of their teenage years yet. I think that's awesome. I want to see young people get the opportunities they get, right? Because there's another generation that God's speaking to. It's not just mine. It's not just yours. And God wants to do that. More next generation worship leaders. And last sort of subject while we're shifting gears is in the area of missions. This church has a unique anointing on it. It's anointed to reach communities near and far. I look at what we've done in the last week we're not the only church doing stuff. We just seem to be the only church people are talking about. I actually don't think that that's a mistake. I think that's intentional. God has placed an anointing on Shiloh to reach communities near and reach communities far. When we were in the lockdown last year, we fed thousands of people in Nepal. Guys, that does not normally happen. That's not normal. But this church, in a good way, is not normal. <laughs> I'm not normal. That's maybe why I feel at home here. All right. So local, national, international. So what does that mean? This year, we are going to do missions trips. So I will be taking a team, older and younger, so this is open to everyone, up into Cape York and into the Torres Strait Islands, right? So if you're a four-wheel driver or you like to drive boats or you love to pray for the sick or you think it's awesome to cast out demons, this trip is for you. So... They actually contacted us and they said, we heard there's a move of God happening there. We want you to bring it up here. So we're going to be doing crusades at night, pastors and leaders training during the day. It's going to be a wild, crazy adventure. We'll be doing that at the end of the year. So if you'd like to get rough and ready, here is your opportunity to do that for God, right? It's going to be open to everybody. I'll give you more details. Not just that though, and we're nearing the end of all the announcements if you're feeling overwhelmed. 
Um, I want to do a missions trip for young people to Japan. I want to take a team of youth and young adults. And uh, I want to do it during schoolies week on purpose. See, our world tells young people that you are missing out if you give your life to Jesus. You're missing out on all the fun. You're missing out on all the opportunity. Your life is going to be boring. It's going to suck. It'll be terrible. Why are you doing that? Why can't you just go and do all this other good stuff with us? We're having way more fun than you will. And I've, I've had it both ways. I was not always a Christian. And then I gave my life to Jesus. I got to tell you, my life is way more interesting and way more fun since I found Jesus Christ. And my non-Christian friends are jealous of a lot of the things that I do, right? So I want our young people in that formulative era where you're just finishing high school and you're formulating who you are as an adult to realise that the greatest thing that you could possibly do with your entire life is give it wholeheartedly and 100% over to Jesus. If you do that, you will be amazed at what God can do. So we are going to take him into Japan. And yes, we'll go to Disneyland and we'll hire go-karts and race them around Tokyo and hopefully not injure ourselves. But on top of that, we'll be street witnessing. We'll be doing outreach events. We'll be praying for people and we'll be sharing the gospel with people. And I believe God is going to do something in the hearts of our young people and they will come back marked and changed by Jesus and it will set them up for the rest of their life, right? So if you are a young person, start saving. If you have cash and you're looking at some of our broke young people, Get them mowing lawns or washing, whatever. Like just, let's just get our young people there. I believe that this trip is going to be a life changer. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Plus, we'll continue all the stuff we did last year. We did Leadership Summit last year. That was great. God did some great things. We're going to do that again this year. God willing, we'll be able to get Pastor Jared Keehan from WA into Queensland. Watch that space. We're going to continue our Christmas toy drive. I love giving toys to kids in our community that are struggling. We're going to do Miracle Month again with a focus on prayer and fasting. We're going to continue to partner with local organisations. So we'll continue our partnership with the Westminster Soccer Club, which has long, long preceded me. But also, even on the ground now, you might have seen my video. I've been putting up all these little videos. I feel a little bit like a news presenter. I hate it. But anyway, um, we, uh, when I saw the need in the community, I thought, we, we, can't, we can't do all this on our own. We need help. And so we've partnered with two organisations. The first one is a massive global organisation called Samaritan's Purse. And they specialise in this kind of stuff. They go into Haiti when there's the earthquake and New Orleans when the cyclones come, all that stuff, right? So they are, you probably saw their van, they're already here on the ground. And they're telling everybody, we're partnering with Shiloh Church. We're here because Shiloh Church called us in, right? And so they're, they're going to be doing cleanup crews. They have people that are much better on the tools than I am, right? Although I've, I've, I've asked and they've said I can use a chainsaw. So that could be interesting. <laughs> I <laughs> have a few tradies going, no, well, that's why you need to come out and help me. You need to be there, otherwise I'll be chainsawing on my own. Um, and we're going to go out on the ground and they are not going to be here for three days and then off. They're here for at least the next six weeks. So we're going to see what the need is like. We've given them office space upstairs so they can plan and strategize. They've already been out talking to people. So you'll see them walking around in their little orange shirts. You just tell them, hey, I'm from Shiloh. Um, and if you want to help in any of that, like, you know, just let us know. The other thing is, People aren't just physically affected, they're emotionally and spiritually affected. And so uh, we've brought in the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They are also on site now. We've given them space for counselling suite and they're going to be uh, sending chaplains out at least for the next six weeks, if not longer, talking to people because people are emotionally and spiritually impacted by this, right? And they need to talk to somebody. 
And so we want to be able to have space and do that. And again, you know what they're saying? Hey, Shiloh brought us here. So I think that's enough announcements. You're all going to fall asleep or be overwhelmed. Who thinks that's good? I think that's pretty good. What about you? What's God calling you to focus on this year? What's God, you, what's God saying to you? You've got to get that done. We've got a little, couple little gifts. Who likes gifts? Because some of you are like, it's a lot of announcements. So um, this is a little fridge magnet. And it just says, Vision Sunday, my focus goals. So it's got the scripture. You write down three goals that you're believing you don't have to know right now. You might pray for a couple of days about it. You're believing God wants you to achieve this year and just go after them. Let us, this be the year. Just, just push all the clutter aside to see God do something in those areas. It might be for a family member to get saved. It might be growth in your business. It might be, man, my home's just been smashed by the waters. I want to see that rebuilt. Whatever it is, start having conversations with people. I believe that there's an anointing this year as we focus, God will declutter the things so that you can achieve what's on your heart. So we're going to hand those out to every single person after service. The other one is this. We, um, we gave away bags of food to people, right? And there was a little note on the back. We stapled one. You might have seen it on my social media. And it literally just said, we know you're doing it tough. We want you to know you're not alone from the team at Shiloh Church. That's it. Actually, when you're ministering to people in a practical sense, you actually don't need to say a lot to start a conversation about Jesus. They'll have the conversation with you. I've had lots of conversations about Jesus with drug dealers and atheists, Buddhist nuns, all kinds of people, right? All having a conversation about Jesus. So one of the things being classic Queensland, when it's not raining, it's stinking hot and it's stupidly humid. Who knows what I'm actually saying, right? Which is a good thing. It's evaporating the the water. Um, So we have a pair of sunnies for every single person with the little Shiloh thing on the side. Now, my prayer is... You know, if someone needs you to hose down their driveway, I mean, unless they really want to, don't spend three hours bashing them with the gospel. Talk while you're hosing down. Get some stuff done. But my hope is you don't have to be the greatest evangelist in the whole world. Just hose the driveway down. And I'm praying that when people see the little thing on the side, they'll go, oh, what's that? Oh, that's from my church. We're from church. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought church people were weird. We are weird. I mean, I'm hosing your driveway down. never met you before. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, and it'll start a conversation. Because the thing is, We're not just here for a good time. We're here for a long time in our community. Not everything has to be wham, bam in the one conversation. We are going to be here long after the cameras go, long after the news stops caring. We will still be here having conversations. And you just don't know. A conversation you start one day continues the next day, continues the day after that. So we're giving every single person a free pair of sunnies and a little fringe magnet. Knock yourself out. Last point, and I'll get the band up. Last point. Uncluttered and focused hearts see breakthrough. Number three, uncluttered and focused hearts see breakthrough. So David wanted his son Solomon to see breakthrough, which I thought if he really wanted that, that was a very odd prayer to pray. I mean, why not pray for more anointing? Why not pray for more miracles? Why not pray for a prophetic edge? If you want someone to see breakthrough, why pray that they are focused? I didn't understand that until this week. And I'll never forget the images of when we were allowed through the police brocade to get to that um, uh, retirement village. And we're driving down the streets. The police had blocked it because it wasn't really that safe. There were cars overturned. I went at like 5.45 in the morning before our team went there. I wanted to make sure it was safe. 
jumped in the cruiser. So I'm driving around and um, cars are overturned. There's just stuff all over the roads. Just stuff everywhere. The stench, you know the smell? <laughs> just, I'd smell it through the car windows, even wound up. And um, do you know what I realised? You can be the most anointed person on the planet, but if you go to help these people and you are unfocused, you'll just be the most anointed chicken with your head cut off, right? You need to be able to go, right, we're going to do this now. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. You can have the most prophetic edge in the world. And David had it. Move in signs and wonders. David did that too. But when someone needs a driveway hose down, they don't need a prophetic word right now. They're not looking for you to turn you know, two loaves into four loaves into five loaves. They just need you to grab a hose. They need you to be focused, right? What I realised is David was a guy who'd lived through famines and droughts and wars and pandemics and all the rest of that. And when you are in a season like that as a community, when your life is going through a season like that, you just need laser point precision to just focus and say, okay, we're doing that. It's like all of those homes. I personally am not God, so I can't be in more than one place at once. So if I do like five minutes here, then 10 minutes there, then 15 minutes here, then 20 minutes there, then 25 minutes somewhere else, you know what's gonna happen? The homes are pretty much gonna look the same. I have to pick one and say, right, this is what I'm focusing on. For 10 hours, I'm just gonna get this one done. We're gonna grab a team, we're gonna rip through it, right? That is actually what sees breakthrough. I believe for every single person in your life, in your marriage, in your family, everyone who calls this church home, as you pick a couple things and you just zero in with laser point precision and focus on that stuff, I believe that God is gonna do something magnificent in your life this year. I know it might even be a little bit too early for some people to hear this, but the Bible says that God works all things together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. All things, not just church things, not just Christian things, all things, all things, all things. I believe God can make good out of this situation. It is not a good situation. Let me make that abundantly clear. It does not make God happy. I think it breaks His heart. But because it breaks His heart, I think He is moved out of compassion to respond and bring good things out of that. And I believe in your life this year, God can bring good things. But the key to that is to focus. Focus on the condition of your heart. The condition of your heart will always mirror the condition of your life. Focus on decluttering because you can't zero in when your heart is cluttered. And just know that breakthrough is coming for our community. Our best days, church, are ahead, not behind us. This is not Goodnar, Bandamba, you know, Oxley, Milton, whatever, whatever part that's been impacted. It's not over. The story isn't finished yet. God is just writing a brand new chapter with good things in store. I'm going to get everyone to stand to your feet. I think I'm pretty much done. I'm going to pray for a couple groups of people and then we'll be done. 
Come on, if you need God's help to focus this year, I'm going to be praying for you. But before I do that, man, I've been having a lot of these conversations. Where are you at with Jesus? I'm not asking what you put on your Facebook profile. I'm not asking what you tell people. I'm not even asking what you tell me because you think I'm a pastor and I want to hear that you're a Christian. Where are you at with Jesus? Is He the Lord, which means He's in charge of your life, and Saviour, which means He forgives you for everything you've ever done. Don't go out of this church 95% sure you're right with Jesus. Don't go out of this church 99% sure you're right with Jesus. Go out of this church today knowing that you are on fire and you've got God in your heart. Because if Jesus is in your life, then everything I preach today can be true for you and your life. And believe me, you are going to need Jesus this year. You are going to need them. You are going to need Him. So I want to get everyone to close your eyes, no one to look around. Well, everyone's got their eyes closed. If that's you and you're like, man, I need Jesus, either for the first time or if you're honest, this flood has been a reminder that you need to get things right again with Jesus. While no one's looking around, while everyone's got their eyes closed, I want to pray for you. You stay there, I'll stay here. I'm not going to do anything weird. But just so I know who I'm praying for, if you need Jesus, can I just get you to slip up your hands? Once I see it, you can put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, don't go out 99% sure. Go out 100% confident. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, I see those hands. Anyone else? Go on once. Go on twice. Thank you. Awesome. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. So repeat after me prayer. So you can't stuff it up. You'll be fine. At the end of that prayer, you'll be a Christian. What I just said will be true for you and your life. So you're not praying of your own. Because we talked about this is the year of connection. I'm going to get every single Christian to pray along with us. And hey, we're in a church. There's a lot of Christians. Are you ready? Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I give my life to You. Please be my Saviour. Please be my Lord. Help me to follow You all my days. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, let's give all those people a hand. Last group I'm going to pray for, and then we're going to eat food and get freebies. So if you need help focusing this year, which I think is going to be most of us, my hand's going to be up. We need focus as a church. We need focus in our life. If you're a uni student, you're going to need focus this year. If you're starting a new business, you're going to need focus. If you're getting married, you're going to need focus. Come on, if you need focus, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray. This is the year of focus that God supernaturally helps you to focus. You may not even know what to focus on. All the more reason. Put both hands in the air if that's you. Come on, let's pray right now that God helps us to focus. Dear Jesus, we love You. God, we thank You right now that You saw this year coming. That it might have been a shock to us, but it isn't a shock to You that You have prepared what we need to get through this time and come out the other side stronger than when we started. So God, right now, I pray that You help us to declutter and to focus, to focus on the areas that You need us to focus on. Right now, God, I pray that as people focus, the things that distract us and vie for our attention that aren't healthy, the shirts that don't fit anymore would just be cast aside. And as we approach Your throne boldly, Lord God, that You would supernaturally enable us to see breakthrough, 
breakthrough for our homes, breakthrough for our families, breakthrough for this city, breakthrough for this region, breakthrough for this nation, breakthrough for this planet, Lord God, breakthrough in people's businesses, for our uni students right now, Lord God, breakthrough, Lord God, help them to accelerate this year, for our young people, breakthrough in their walk with God, Lord Jesus, breakthrough in Your presence in this place, Lord God, breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. In Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.